The resignation earlier this week of Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Steyer and his entire government may have prompted an amount of mirthless wisecracking among his fellow citizens as they professed shock at the news that they had a government. With due respect to the difficulties of governing a territory which is not a universally recognised state and is substantially occupied by a largely hostile neighbour, the Palestinian authority in which Steyer served has not impressed its constituents. According to polling late last year by the Palestinian Centre for Policy and Survey Research, around 80% of Palestinians considered the Palestinian Authority corrupt, and north of 60% thought the PA more a liability than an asset and or want it abolished. The PA's overall leader is President Mahmoud Abbas, a doddering crook who at 88 is one of few world leaders entitled to address his US counterpart, Joe Biden, as Sonny. Abbas is now 19 years into what was supposed when he was elected to be a four-year term. Other recent polling suggests that fully 92% of Palestinians want Abbas to quit. Of that remaining 8%, it would be fascinating to see how many supporters would be left if you discounted those to whom Abbas is related. Nevertheless, Abbas appears regrettably intent on remaining in post, so this explainer will address not only the president's reasons for staying, but the prime minister's reasons for going. Whenever any politician quits, there is the reason they say they are going and the reason they are actually going. Sometimes they're the same, more often they're not, which is why to spend more time with my family is broadly understood as a euphemism for reporters have been going through my bins and I'm pretty sure I know what they've found. Steyer's explanation for his departure is not really one thing or the other, perhaps because he's not going just yet. In a pretty clearly choreographed move, Abbas has asked Steyer to stay on as caretaker until a new prime minister can be appointed. Steyer waffled vaguely about escalating Israeli-Palestinian violence on the West Bank, which the PA sort of governs, and the war in Gaza, which the PA does not govern, having been forced out in 2007 after an ugly conflict between the PA's dominant faction, Fatah, and Hamas. Steyer also alluded to a new reality created by the recent reduction of much of Gaza to rubble and spoke of the desirability of, quote, the extension of unity of authority over the land of Palestine. Hereabouts is probably the rub. Though it remains unclear quite how or when or under what conditions Israel's ongoing assault on Gaza will end, someone will have to govern Gaza once it does. 
It is unlikely that Israel would tolerate any arrangement that even slightly involves Hamas, assuming anything or anyone of Hamas remains. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's own vision for post-war Gaza, presented earlier this week, calls for administration by what Israel describes as local officials under the aegis of border security provided by Israel. Though Netanyahu is no great fan of the PA either, and though the PA are not mentioned in his plan, nor are they ruled out, and at any rate it is not clear who else there is. Significantly, the United States favours an arrangement by which the PA assumes control of Gaza as part of a broader regional settlement. The theory appears to be that President Abbas will appoint a new Palestinian Authority cabinet, but that this one will be a strictly non-factional conclave of non-ideological technocrats and independent boffins, which is actually not, on the face of it, among the top 10,000 worst ideas floated about the future of the Middle East in recent times. The new Prime Minister seems likely to be Mohammed Mustafa, an economist whose CV includes a long stretch at the World Bank and a short stint about a decade back as Palestine's deputy prime minister. Possibly more pertinently, Mustafa oversaw the reconstruction of those sections of Gaza damaged or destroyed during the 2014 war between Hamas and Israel. A much, much larger task of this kind awaits. Though nobody thinks Abbas is the ideal person to oversee such a process, or indeed to oversee anything which is not primarily about his own entrenchment and enrichment, Abbas appears to be doing that thing of demonstrating willingness to change, short of actual willingness to change, like for example letting someone else have a go. Abbas well understands, however, that though he is polling in single digits inside Palestine, outside Palestine there is little appetite for new leadership, on the grounds that Israel and other interested parties believe that there are worse things than a Palestinian authority which is merely bent and ineffectual. The main reason there has been no Palestinian parliamentary election for 18 years is that Hamas won the last one. Polls consistently suggest that Palestinians' preferred leader, and by a considerable margin, is Intifada-era militant commander Marwan Barghouti, currently serving five life sentences in an Israeli prison. Barghouti is not a member of Hamas. He was affiliated with Tanzim, the paramilitary wing of Abbas's own faction Fatah, though Barghouti and Abbas fell out some while ago. It has nevertheless been speculated that Barghouti's freedom is one of Hamas's conditions for releasing the October 7th hostages they still hold. Re-establishing the Palestinian Authority in Gaza is, like pretty much every suggestion ever floated for calming the region, vastly easier said than done. The people of Gaza are unlikely to extend a warm welcome to what they will see, rightly or wrongly, as an Israeli puppet regime. It may also be quite difficult to find people willing to accept the risks of serving in such a government. Certainly any walkabout President Abbas undertook in Gaza would likely be a short one. But the PA and Abbas is presently all there is, and Abbas well understands the power of being the devil everybody knows. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Mullet.